We are in Alma 38, and this is Alma's Father's Blessing to Shiblon. And I love it because it's only 15 verses. And you have to think, if only 15 verses were ever recorded of you, what would your family say? What would your father say? What would your siblings say? And I like to think of this as my dad. As I did um, his life history, what were the things that we said? And it was pretty cool to be able to do that, um, do his funeral, his life sketch and pictures and record each of my brothers and sisters for just under three minutes telling their number one or number two things that my dad taught them or memories they had with my dad. And it was really awesome to get to do that and record his life. And the interesting thing is I do think is he looked down for heaven from heaven or if he was allowed to be here for that. I'm sure he thought all of those wrongs, all of those mistakes, all of those things I did that I didn't feel I was perfect perfect in. Isn't it interesting that in my kids' eyes, in my family's eyes, I was a great man because it was daily and consistently doing the things that the Lord had asked. Every morning waking up and covenanting to do better and to try to follow him and every night going to bed and asking for repentance and forgiveness of things he did wrong. My dad was a very humble man and he would have never said he was perfect. He was very open with the things that he needed to work on. And I'm so grateful for the privilege it was for us kids to get to record and talk about the things he taught us and what a blessing that was. And it so comes into play here as I think about what would I want my 15 verses to say. And so the very first thing off the bat is he says again, um, as it says so many times, and as you know, I'm keeping track of this now because I find it so interesting how many times it says, if you are obedient, the Lord will prosper you. So here it says in very first one, that thing. And then, then he does add to that. And if you're not, you will be cut off. And I think the stark contrast, and I would ask my kids, so who can you think of in the scriptures who was obedient that the Lord prospered? There's a million examples. And who can you think of that was not obedient that was cut off? And of course, the number one example I can think of is Nephi and Sam and Lehi who were obedient and Laman and Lemuel who were not and who were cut off. And I would just stress there that that was their choice. And it always is. As we look at any example given in the scriptures, those who are obedient and prospered and those who are not, it's those words would not. It is their choice. They would not and they are cut off from his spirit. Okay, and that's a gift because then they can humble themselves and they can come back. So it really is a gift from God and they're not held accountable for those choices. But that's another lesson. Okay, I love in verse 2 that he said, I have had great joy in you already. And one of the things that I really love to do in seminary um, in this chapter <coughs> is to ask my students, how many of you wish you had greater privileges from your parents? How many of you would say you're your parents' favorite? Or how many of you would say you have a sibling who's your parents' favorite? And why would you say they're the favorite? Do they get other privileges? And what makes them the favorite? And all of that kind of leads to this discussion that exactly that truth that's taught in verse 1, if you are obedient, you are prospered. God delights to honor and bless us when we honor and keep our covenants and 
and the things that he's told us to do, our commitments to him. He, all of those are tied to a blessing, but we have to do our part for him to bless us. And he loves to bless us. It's the same thing as a parent. If you want to get the honor and the blessing of using the car, if you want the blessing of being able to stay out or go out with friends, if you keep your commitments and the promises that you have made to your parents, if you come in five minutes before curfew, if you um, clean the car, if you even go above and beyond and are kind to your siblings or do the dishes without asking, but do your jobs, keep your room clean, do the things your parents have asked, they delight to honor and bless you and you give them joy by your obedience. And so I love that that is, he said, I've already had great joy in you because you have commenced from your youth to look to the Lord and do what he has asked. And I love that. And in verse three, he tells why that they're among the Zormites. And he says, it is because of thy faithfulness, thy diligence, and thy patience. And that's the same thing that us as children can do for our parents to earn those blessings and to earn their love and know that we bring them joy. So faithfulness, diligence, and patience. And then in verse four, he says when they're, and he says long suffering among the Zormites. And so you have to remember the Zormites, the Ramiumpton, those rehearsed prayers and that they used to be believers, but they have dissented from the truth and twisted it to what their own beliefs are. And in fact, they say there is no Christ, all of that. So he says, you're long suffering among the Zormites. And it also tells us in verse four that he was stoned for the word's sake. Can you imagine that he was stoned? And it tells us that the Lord delivered him. And I just had the thought of the pioneers who said it was through their trials that they came to know God and have a relationship with him. And I love that because it's obvious that that Shiblon has a relationship with God and knows he can trust God and that that his testimony did not waver from being stoned. That's amazing. What joy that must bring his dad to know, okay, you've endured kind of the hardest of hard and you have remained faithful and paired with God and continued to teach. And I love that. So he says in five, remember, you can always trust him. You will always be delivered. And I love how he he emphasizes from what? From trials, from troubles, from afflictions. And I love that. Okay, and I love the knowledge that the Father's arm is stretched out still, always to us. And it's the promises. There's a cross-reference down there in the scriptures to the promises of the fathers that the Lamanites will be brought back to know and believe the incorrectness of the traditions. And so he says, you can put your trust in God. And he references that. It's referenced in that. And I love that, that we can trust God is working all for our good. He wants us all back. So I even love that it references the Lamanites, that that being cut off is not permanent. It's being cut off so that he can bring us back, that we have, um, that we realize how hard life is without him, without the spirit, and that we have a desire to come back, but also that we're not accountable for all these horrible things 
choices that we're making. Like the prodigal son, we can come to ourselves and come back. And I love that. Okay, he says in verse 6 that this did not come magically to him, that he had to work for a testimony of this. He very briefly in those two verses overviews what that was like because we have the long account of it to Helaman. So there's no point in him telling the whole thing again, but I love that he says, an angel came and spoke to me face to face and the three days of complete anguish and three again means complete till he came to a knowledge and a remembrance of those things his dad had testified of his whole life of Christ. And I seem to remember, and then he cried unto the Lord and peace came. And I love that. And so then I love in verse nine, he says, and now my son, I have told you this, that you may learn wisdom. Okay. So what is it that he thinks is wisdom? And then he goes on to say, there is no other way or means whereby man can be saved only in and through Christ. He is life, light of the world, word of truth and righteousness. There is no plan B. He is everything. All of it hinges on Christ. And what an important thing for him to bear witness of is they've come from these Zoramites who are testifying there is no Christ. He is everything. He is the beginning and the end. It is all about Christ. And I love that. And so then he goes on and just says, continue, be bold, but don't be overbearing. And don't pray as the Zoramites. Don't make it rehearsed. And I love in verse 14 that he says, we are not better. And repentance is what makes us be humble. And Father, forgive my unworthiness. And then I love that he ends with be sober. And that just means be clear-headed, be serious. Remember that these things are truth. All of this really led me to remember the talk that was given once in time at once upon a time because he says endure be sober continue all of that it made me think of elder Maxwell's talk endure it well so I wanted to just give part of elder Maxwell's talk it says we are to run with patience the race that is set before us it is a marathon not a dash Therefore, true enduring represents not merely the passage of time, but the passage of the soul to endure in faith and do God's will. Therefore, it involves much more than putting up with our circumstance rather than shoulder shrugging. True enduring is soul trembling. Jesus bled not a few, but every poor. With enduring comes a willingness to press forward even when we are bone weary and would rather pull off to the side of the road. Even when you've been stoned for the word's sake, endure, continue. In any case, brothers and sisters, how could there be refining fires without enduring heat? Or greater patience without enduring instructive waiting? Or more empathy without bearing one another's burdens? Not only that others' burdens may be light, but that we may be enlightened with greater empathy. How can there be latter magnification without enduring present deprivation? You and I see in those who endure it well a quiet, peaceful mastery, an unspoken inner awareness that like Paul, they have kept the faith and they know it, though they do not have to speak it. I remember this talk and loving it because it really brought such awareness of what enduring is and enduring well. And I love that he ends. He could so easily say, there's nothing that I need to say to you, Shiblon. You've already proven you are just rock solid. But here's the thing. We don't get to be rock solid for just a mere period of time and until we are stoned. And yes, he is. 
But I love that his father ends with continue and be sober and remember to pray and ask for forgiveness every day. And I do think that was such the example that my dad was to me. And I'm so grateful of this example and these 15 verses that we have. And the question I would ask is, what would you want your 15 verses to say? I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know the Savior loves you.